developers aren't building because there's no market to, for buyers to buy. Yeah. But people are still moving here and renting here. I mean, they're still they're still moving here and still coming to Canada. That's why oh, they're renting. Sure. Yeah. That's why the rental market is so hot because yeah. people still need a place to live. And renters don't care about where the market's at. They just want a place to live. Yeah. I get it. The Toronto real estate market is confusing. Whether you're a new or experienced investor or just looking for a home to raise your family in, join us at Broadview Table Talks as you sit around the table with my friends and talk about the real estate and the ever-changing market in Toronto. All right, guys. Welcome to another edition of Broadview Table Talks. And I'm here with Michael Ng, all-star agent on our team. All right, so we're going to talk today about the four ways to make money in real estate. Yep, four ways to make money. Yeah, what are they? Well, people usually think about the top one, which is cash flow. Right. Right. There are three other ways. Right. Uh, mortgage pay down, which is you, a huge one. Whoa, let's step it down really quickly. Oh, I'm so, sorry, I just go full speed. <laughs> okay, when, when the, the reason why uh, we should focus on cash flow is because a lot of people think that investments aren't good because it doesn't cash flow. Mm -hmm. They always want to make sure it's cash flow positive. I think that's kind of a newbie mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, because if it doesn't cash flow, people aren't going to jump into action, right? right? And all the properties, in at least in Toronto, don't cash flow unless right. you bought it a long time ago. You put significant money down, mm -hmm. right? And a lot of people actually include mortgage payments as your cash flow, which I think is a wrong thing to do. Like, mm -hmm. you shouldn't include that because what happens you, you know, if you want to cash flow, just pay it off, right? Yeah. So um, that's a big issue. And I think with cash flow positive, um, like even if it was cash flow positive, how much cash flow positive can you really get it? Even if it was completely paid off, depending on what you're buying, mm -hmm. right? If it's like a you know a million dollar condo, let's just say, right? You could cash flow maybe four grand, yep. right? And then after expenses, after maintenance fees, taxes, all that, you may be left with three, maybe twenty five hundred, maybe yeah. twenty six, twenty seven. So how can you really get rich off of that for a million bucks that you have to actually put down cash? Yeah, you know that's really hard. Yeah. First of all, coming with a million dollars is hard. So I always say, leverage yourself. Get five properties for two hundred thousand down, or maybe one hundred fifty thousand plus closing costs, whatever. Mm -hmm. Instead of one property, at a million bucks. Right? <laughs> leverage. The point of leverage is use leverage to you know, like it's like leverage. It helps you, right? Yeah, and and that's something that I'm kind of trying to explain to my parents too, because we're from a different generation. So back in their day, it was all about saving cash and having cash and just making sure that there's a lot of cash being built up. Right. But in this day and age, it's all about leverage. Like you have to leverage your your wealth somehow and build it that way. Right. It's like the number changed. one, well, not number one. I don't know what number it is. But on Robert Kiyosaki's uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, he talks about OPM, right? Mm -hmm. Other people's money. Yeah, yeah. Other people's money is the bank's money. Use the bank's money to help you grow and amplify your returns. Yeah. That's the best way of cash flow. So if it's cash flow negative, don't be afraid. It'll it'll work out at the end. You're not going to get rich off the cash flow you get anyway. Mm -hmm. So number two would be what? Mortgage pay down. Mortgage pay down is a guaranteed way yeah. to get rich off of real estate. Which, which is where the people who are taking the mortgage uh, payments and putting into cash flow, that's where that section should actually go. Right, because it goes to amortizing the mortgage. Because yeah. at the end of the day, the amortization, which means the, the, the date that your mortgage is going to be paid down to zero, is either 25 years or 30 years, plus or minus. So it could be lower. Yeah. Some commercial properties can go higher. But right. generally, say the average residential mortgage would be 25 to 30 years. Yeah. So in 25 to 30 years, your mortgage is going to be completely paid off. Right. Which is great. So if you're buying one for each of your sons, yeah. right, a condo for each of them or a property, whatever it might be, just if you leave it there and you're subsidizing it by like negative cash flow, maybe 300 bucks a month or a thousand bucks a month, I don't care. Yeah. Right. In 25 years, you'll have a, the asset completely paid off. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, Rents appreciate. Look what's happening right now, year over year growth. Oh yeah, for sure. Buyers are being pushed into back into the rental market. Right, which brought rents up by twenty percent year over year. Yeah. So if your rent's going to appreciate and your payments are still fixed, right, because that's what you bought it for, right, then you will cash flow at some point. Yeah. 
right? And if you refinance, took some money out, got a lower interest rate, whatever it is, or the rent rate goes up, then it will be cash flow positive. But in the meanwhile, mortgage paydown is a huge, the best part. Because yeah. in 25 years, by the time your kids are 26, 27, 28, yeah. you have a completely paid off place. And even if you don't wait till it's completely paid off, even if you have like whatever, you still have tons of equity in there. For sure. Right? More yeah. than half of what you paid, it would be paid off. Like yeah. you're almost done. Which you can years. leverage again. Which you can refinance again. Yeah. So what's number three? Number three is, uh, I'd say, you know, following that stream of thought, the next one should be, this was... Tax benefits. We can use tax benefits. I was actually going to go... Save for last? Okay. I was, save, I was saving tax wait, benefits wait, 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 for okay, last. We'll, we'll save the last, the other one for last. We'll switch up the order then. Okay. Tax benefits. Okay, so, because I want people to listen to the end. Yeah. <laughs> tax Good benefits point. is great because if it's a rental property, you're only taxable on 50% of the gain. What does that mean? It means that half of your income that you get from you dispose of the asset when you sell the asset mm-hmm. will be taxable towards your income for that year. Whereas if you sold, you know, if you made that money in earned income, 100% is taxable mm-hmm. after expenses and all that stuff, right? You still get to deduct taxes. So that's another thing for benefits, right? For tax benefits, you get to deduct expenses. So if you have, you know, repairs or anything like that or even commissions, whatever, right? Yeah. There's there's costs that would be involved in the day-to-day transactions or, mm-hmm. or the um, management of it. Well, the ongoing transactions yeah. and also the initial acquisition. Mm-hmm. All this stuff is deductible, yeah. right? Which is a nice benefit as well, too. And at the end of the day, you can also defer your taxes as well, too. You don't have to pay tax on the income right away because, um, you know, the principal portion that we we're talking about, mm-hmm. right, that actually counts as income in the eyes of the CRA. But if you depreciate your properties and you make it worth less after, I think it's like a 4% capital cost allowance that you get to have yeah. around there, depending on, I, don't know, I think the tax code says 4%. But basically, you get to pretty much write off your, your rental income to zero. Mm-hmm. So if you're earning high income during the time you own the property, and you don't want additional you know, 20 grand a year in rental revenue or 30 grand a year right, as income, as taxable right. income, yeah. you can write that to zero by uh, depreciating the asset. Yeah. It's a huge tax benefit. You don't get to have that in the regular employee income. Like if you have T4s, T4 slips or W1s or W2s, I think they yeah. call in the States, um, you don't get that benefit. You don't get that benefit from any other real investment vehicle that's accessible anyway. Like well, I, I guess you do through uh, capital gains and stocks if you sell a stock or whatever. You still, it's still 50% taxable. Up to you can also amount. shelter in uh, TFSA. There you go, right? right? But with real estate, like you don't, I guess you don't have that, right? But you get to defer your income yeah. and you don't have to pay the taxes until the following year, the capital gains taxes anyway. So that's right. a huge benefit yeah. for, invest, for earning income off of real estate, right? Well, I mean, the scale is also a lot larger because you have a cap for TFSAs and other... Uh, sheltered investments right but you can't use you can't buy real estate in tfsas you can no buy, for sure yeah yeah you can buy a, a stock i mean a, a fund that's why that's why buying real estate is a good way to grow it quickly and uh at a larger scale right 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 okay so the last last way um to make money in real estate is equity increase appreciation there appreciation. you go uh, equity increase appreciation yeah. so if you buy something for a million bucks today and you know it's going up year over year by uh, on average, of the past eight years, it was seven percent. Yeah. Right. So it can go by seven percent every year. You know, but what if we see a year of twenty percent increases, ten percent increases? Right now, we might might see some negative increases, sure. But in the long run, it's going to go back up because the fundamental supplies of you know supply and demand issues. Right. Yeah. There's way more demand than there is supply, and especially as we're having cost issues. Mm-hmm. You know, with uh, development levies going up by forty nine percent. Yeah. Uh, rising escalation in um, materials costs and labor costs and yeah. land costs, land costs, and everything else, land scarcity, right? Yeah. Developers aren't building 
because there's no market to, for buyers to buy. Yeah. But people are still moving here and renting here. I mean, they're still they're still moving here and still coming to Canada. That's why oh, they're renting. Sure. Yeah. That's why the rental market is so hot because yeah. people still need a place to live. And renters don't care about where the market's at. They just want a place to live. Yeah. Right. So at the end of the day, there's fundamental like a support line, I guess, pressure from mm-hmm. below of real estate prices because it's not going to come down. Yeah. So if it goes up in the long run, that's where the majority of people are making the money in real estate. Well, I mean, if we see it come down, it's because of a correction from an overheated market that happened before. Right. Or super high interest rates. Yeah. <laughs> which is what happening, which is what's happening now. Right. Yeah. Okay. So four things again, what are they? So we got cash flow, cash flow, mortgage, mortgage pay down, pay down. Tax, benefits. tax benefits and, uh, Appreciation. There we go. That's four ways you can make money in real estate. There's a few more uh, as well too, but those are the main vehicles of making money in real estate. Yep. Um, what else can we say about that? Um, if you are a landlord and actually, okay, um, how do I say this? There's a lot of landlords out there that are looking at tenants saying that, you know, um, non-rent control places, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. After November fifteenth, twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. if you if you first occupy at that time, then the place is not rent controlled. Yeah, meaning that if you just built it and it's the first occupant, not saying that you know you renovated it and whatever, and you, that, that's the first that's not the first occupant. First occupant when you built it, so it has to be a brand pretty much a new building since twenty eighteen. Yeah, um, if you have a tenant there, you could technically raise the rent to whatever you want. Yeah, right. So as a financial model, as an investment, of course it makes sense to catch up the rents to market rents, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't forget that these are people's homes that you're talking about. There's people li- people's lives that yeah. they're, they're living in. They've made made it their home. They're renting it from you, sure. And you might have negative cash flow because of that. Mm-hmm. So it's very lucrative or very enticing for a landlord to come in there and say like, mm, well, I'm sorry, your rent's 2200 right now. It's under market rents. I'm going to jack up to 2800 Yeah, That's not fair to the tenant, in my opinion. No, it's not. And we see it a lot. And you see it a lot. So the, ben- the, the disadvantage of doing that is that you potentially have vacancies. Mm-hmm potentially have turnover costs, right? Like if you have to repaint or, yeah. you know, fix holes in the walls or whatever. Yeah. Um, you have um, leasing costs, like marketing costs, like agent's fees, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, those three alone could be like two or three months worth of vacancies yeah. of rent. That's a big disadvantage. It is. Right? So I, I like to play it nice as a landlord and, you know, just let the tenants kind of leave when they want. And if you really need to increase it, go with the Ontario guidelines, which are kind of low you know, 1.2% this year and 2.5% next year. Mm-hmm. It's not ideal for sure. But like, I don't think you should be looking at land at tenants and saying, you know, these are my cash cows, right? Because at the end of the day, it's customer service. Yeah. You know, your tenants are your customers. Yeah. And I really think that have provide a safe and fair place for them. You know, um, you become a slumlord when you refuse to fix things. Right. Right. So fix your, fix your issues, make your tenant happy. Let them live there. Yeah. At the end of the day, the number two uh, way to make money in real estate was what? Mortgage pay down, right? Mm-hmm. That's what's going to earn you income. Yeah. Plus appreciation. Yeah. Stop focusing on pure, pure cash, cash flow. flow. That's right. So don't be a greedy landlord. Don't try to get that cash flow even to positive state. Like if you can cover the cost, let it go. You know what I mean? Go yeah. buy another property if you need to. Yeah. Right? To have a few more of these amplify it through leverage, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you just kind of let the mortgage pay itself down in 25 years, you're going to guarantee to be rich. Yeah. Guaranteed to be wealthy. You know, yeah. nothing wrong with that. As long as you're holding on to it. And not to mention, even if uh, your cash flow is negative, if you're in a certain position, you can actually write that as a income loss. Right. Well, I don't know if, I don't, actually, I don't know. We got to talk to an accountant, but I get it. Talk to you. Yeah, talk to an accountant. Yeah. I don't know if you can carry over the loss from rental to your regular day job income. I think they have to somehow be related. 
not exactly sure yeah. about that. Maybe you can. I don't know. Yeah, it could apply in specific situations. But generally, you won't be cap um, negative. Like you won't have a loss though because of the principal paydown. It actually counts as income, right? Does it? Yeah, it does. So oh. because they only look at your like for CRA purposes, for your it looks at your total rental income yeah. and your expenses, right? It's the only thing you can write off is the interest costs and the mortgage, right? Right. Um, the maintenance fees for if you have a condo to say or maintenance right. and repairs to say. And then you also have insurance costs. You have some heating maybe right. or some water utilities, gas, whatever it is, garbage disposal, things like that, whatever you include. So you have some expenses, but you can't write off the mortgage principal pay down. Oh, I didn't know that. So at the end of the year, when you get your mortgage statements and you look at the statements, it'll say it paid off 12000 in mortgage or uh, in the mortgage principal, right? Right. Or whatever it is, right? X amount. You can't write that off. Oh. So generally, you're, gonna, you're going to be cash flow positive. Unless you're paying interest only and you're still cash flow negative, and that's a different story. Right. But that generally isn't. That means you pay too much for the property. So that's a good distinction to make. Uh, what is? That knowing that. <laughs> that that principal pay down, that you're, you're probably going to be cash flow positive. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. That exactly. tax benefits of, of depreciating your asset so that you can have zero rental income or close to zero. Mm-hmm. It's actually a nice benefit to have. Yeah, it is. If you plan to keep the property forever. It's kind of like you're using the time value of money towards your advantage right because eventually you have to pay that back through yep. the recapture when you go to sell the property right yeah, like yeah. It, it just basically i'm gonna get a little technical here but it basically um reduces your capital cost base yeah meaning that if you bought it for a million bucks and you're depreciated by 200 grand over the years right yeah then you're basically saying that you bought it for eight hundred thousand. right so whatever gain is just increases that much more so when okay. you go to sell it that gap is that much bigger so you still have right. to pay the taxes on it anyway yeah yeah but the benefit is that when you go to sell them that that capital cost basis adjusted down by that much. Yeah. That means you've held it for like 25 years or whatever it is. Right. So I'd rather take the savings now and not have to pay the tax income on my income Yeah. today. So I have more actual cash in my pocket after yeah. tax income to go and invest it somewhere else. Yeah. To re-leverage, right? to so invest that, somewhere else. Exactly. So that's the time value of money, using money to your advantage and you having it now, having a hundred dollars today as opposed to a hundred dollars tomorrow. Right. Cause you can reinvest that, right? Yeah. And make interest on it. So, um, it's a huge benefit of owning real estate. Mm-hmm. And I can't see that in any other asset class that has all, all of those things. Like you can't <laughs> borrow money to buy stocks. You can, you can play on margin, but it's very scary. It is. Like, and the market moves really fast. Oh yeah. You can lose your shirt. The banks can do a margin call on you. Right. <laughs> you can't do that in crypto. Maybe you can, I don't know. And in crypto, I don't moves even faster than stocks. I think so too. And like the f- thing is, there's no real market. I, I don't know what market. Like there's no exchange for it. You know what I mean? There's crypto exchanges and stuff, but like I, I just don't get it. Plus, you don't get rental income on it. Like right. there's staking and stuff like that, but like you don't really have a renter in there. Like you don't have to do that proof of stake or whatever for crypto. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know how to explain it. But Unless like, we tie crypto to the metaverse, which means that you and I have to do our homework. Sure, whatever. That's way beyond me. But like, I just know that you know, like bricks and mortar. Somebody has to live in this property. Yeah. You know what I mean? So real life. In real life, yes. <laughs> IRL, right? So IRL, people actually have to live in a property, and if they don't have the capital or the means to buy into it, or they're not ready to commit to buying that property yet, they're gonna rent it. Yeah. So there will be somebody that want to live there, and if you don't rent it out, maybe you live in there. Yeah. Maybe a family member. Maybe, maybe your kids live in there when they're older. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, there's gonna be a utility for that property. Yeah. An absolute need. Absolutely, absolutely, for sure. So I just I don't see another investment vehicle that can do that. Like cars, like you can. I guess you could throw them in like kind of like the Airbnb of of car rentals. I guess you could do that to make money, but there's so much wear and tear. It's just I I don't know. Yeah, it's more hands on management. I think. Yeah, you can't do it with fine art. Maybe like there's no way to 
I don't know. Nothing beats real estate. Oh, fine art's a completely different animal <laughs> when it comes to commissioning and uh, having it uh, written off as a donation or a, right. as a charity. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's, it's a lot level. to unpackage. And there's like free ports and things like that. Yeah. Like tax advantages. I don't know. Moving money around. <laughs> That's like way above my <laughs> level. But I just know that for the average person, the everyday person, there's no better asset class than real estate. There is nothing better. For sure. And uh, that doesn't mean that you have to be greedy to your landlords and treat them like crap, treat them like like dollar signs. You can treat them like human beings. Your you can still be rich. Yeah. Your tenants, that is, right? Yeah. You can still be rich by doing that. Yeah. Just play by the rules and you're good. Yeah. You know? And I love the um, the Ontario, uh, you know, landlord-tenant board. Like, you know, a lot of landlords say, like, it's unfair, it's, you know, it's weighted towards the tenants and mm-hmm. things like that. But, like, there's a reason why that's the case because they're not, they're not the ones in power. Yeah. The landlord's the one in power. Like when we have vacancy rates of single digits, like 1%, yeah. maybe 2% or less than 1%. Yeah. The landlords have their pick of tenants. Oh yeah. You know, so it was tough. Play by the rules. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't know. It bothers me when, when landlords get really greedy and they look at their tenants, like, like, you know, dollar signs. Yeah. When they should be looking at, the, you know, they get their market rent. Great. It's kind of fair for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, be a little lenient. Your, mm-hmm. your net worth is probably higher than the, the, the tenant renting off of you. For sure. So you could be nice. Yeah. Doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt to be nice. Yeah. Well, cost a little bit, but like you're still rich. So like <laughs> relax, you know what I mean? You're so, still growing your equity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're in the position of power. Exactly. Where you can make choices. Exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, those are four great ways to make money in real estate. And it's four reasons why. I think there's no better vehicle. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Any closing comments? If you guys want to hear more, stay tuned to our podcast channel. <laughs> well, actually, we're supposed to be doing a investment summer that teaches you about all of this stuff. So um, stay tuned for that. Yeah. But ultimately, if you want to pay attention to our podcast, we're going to give you little tidbits here and there. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you next week. Add it up.